1: and subscribe to the podcast. Hello and welcome back to Two Therapists Talking. I'm Sherry. And I'm David. And we are continuing our conversation of gaslighting that we were discussing before and did an entire episode. So if you haven't listened to that, definitely go back and listen to that because that episode really helped to pull apart the differences between um, gaslighting, which is trying to make someone question their reality in a manipulative way to get something out of it to keep you in a perspective that helps you not to be able to see what's actually going on, right? And being able to help someone challenge their Uh, their beliefs their perspective in a loving way that can help them move forward and progress right and there's so many different nuances and a little bit of gray space where you're kind of in a couple different you know potential spaces at the same time and the reason why we talk about this is because you can do the exact same thing and be manipulating someone and uh, be really damaging uh, to them and discarding their reality or you can do it in the same thing you can say the same words and have it be a supportive loving movement forward right that's why it's tricky and why it's really important to understand the differences and the nuances around it and then be able to connect with it like i love that david was saying it feels really different
0: definitely it feels different So when we're talking about real gaslighting. Yes,
1: actual gaslighting. (laughs) Actual gaslighting.
0: (laughs) um, There are two types. There's unintentional and intentional. Let's start with unintentional. Either way, both of them are are unhealthy, ineffective ways to deal with this. But there is a difference. Unintentional, they're manipulating, but they're not consciously aware. They're not intentionally manipulating. It's more to Mm -hmm. protect themselves. Right, So we talked about how uh, gaslighting is a way to deflect from their behavior. It's a protective measure so you don't discover their value inconsistencies. Mm-hmm. Really so that you don't learn the truth about what they're doing, right. which they're afraid will make them absolutely worthless, unlovable, alone, rejected, abandoned. And so they're protecting that. Right. So an unintentional... They're unaware that that's what they're doing. They're sort of shooting from the hip to try to feel better, motivated in the moment by emotions. And that's important because unintentional gaslighting, the person tends to be a lot more open to it's what they're doing. And yes,
1: when you bring it up and you bring it up and say,
0: hey, this is what I'm noticing, what's going on. And we talk about that at the end with boundaries and how to deal with gaslighting. Mm -hmm. But that's unintentional. Still, Harmful. Yes. Still ineffective. um, Yes. But it's not with the intent of I'm going to fool my partner. I'm going to manipulate them into thinking that it's their problem. They don't understand what's going on. And so it's a little different. Yes.
1: Yes. You're not, they're not intentionally trying to damage and hurt you and question yours, question you, make you think that you're completely crazy. And, um, you know, really put all of that on you, right? That is, that's intentional. That's extremely abusive. It's, it's definitely, um, something that needs to be addressed, uh, right. Both of them need to be addressed, right. but it, that distinction is really important. And oftentimes it can maybe feel, like they're doing it on purpose, right? Initially, at the beginning, um, because they're doing something intentionally, right? They're doing something on purpose, right? But uh, but the intent is a little different, right? So they they are doing it on purpose, right? You don't accidentally lie to your partner, right? Like you're making a choice, but the the choice is from the motive of trying again, as David was saying, to protect yourself, to make sure that nobody finds out who you really are because they'll hate you and think you're terrible and and your worth and your value and all of that goes downhill where it's it's focused inward on them rather than uh, intentionally basically trying to destroy you, break you down Mm -hmm. and keep you from uh, being able to ever come back. You know, right. I had uh, someone say to me once that that when you have argument, when you have uh, discussion, you know, when you disagree and you're at odds with someone, the point is to crush them so terribly that they can never get up again. That is gaslighting. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So there's there's this difference there. And that's, that's important because the motive determines how a person can shift, right? Just like David's saying, if someone is in that unintentional place and you're able to kind of talk about it, look at what it is, learn about it, and they're honest, open, and willing, maybe not right at first, right? Because like, oh, this feels uncomfortable, we're changing, we're changing the dance, Mm-hmm. Uh, we're, we're doing something different now and that feels uncomfortable. I'd rather go back to the way we were doing it before. Cause that was easier. Right. That's, that's different. That initial resistance and maybe defensiveness and whatnot, um, isn't necessarily indicative that they're really are trying to crush you. Right.
0: <laughs> right. Um, and You know, the same behaviors will be present in both. Exactly. Often, and this is important to know, is my partner gaslighting? So at least we know that there's some behaviors that are really common, like Mm -hmm. repeated lying, denial of evidence, lots of misdirection, um, contradiction, and then denying that they're contradicting. I mean, so... You, again, kind of have a sense of what this is and trust how you feel, but if you get to a certain point and it's been going on long enough, that's precisely one of the biggest issues is you don't trust
1: right. anymore. And right. And again, regardless if it's unintentional or intentional, we're not saying, oh, it's fine, it's unintentional, right. like, let them do it, you know, whatever, We're saying you do still need to have boundaries in place. You need to have uh, emotional safety in place. But we're saying there is a space where this can be happening, where you can actually move through it and work through it as a couple and learn about it, eliminate it, you know, over again, this is a process have space for the process of change instead of, again, like we talked about last time, this uh, this toxic culture that we have where if anyone is doing anything that's hurting you in any way, they're toxic, cut them out of your life, you
0: know, all of that. Pain avoidance at all costs.
1: Right. But this can be a process of, of moving forward and changing when you understand the nuances around it. Um, and so when we look at some of those unintentional, Times when people are gaslighting, right? We talked a little bit about that last time of the difference between really supporting uh, maybe a child through something that they're going through or like, ugh, like get over it. Like, really? I don't have time for this, right? Where you may not realize that you're, oh my goodness, I'm actually gaslighting that person because I'm not being supportive of them. I'm not um, validating them. I'm not. Paying attention to where they're actually coming from and seeing what is the need there that they're experiencing where they're maybe not Mm -hmm. totally connected, right? Right. So, um, again, other intentional ways to gaslight really are to do the same behaviors that you'll see in the gas in intentional gaslighting where they're lying, where they're denying what happened. Oh, I don't, I don't know where that video on that on the computer came from i've never
0: i mean i've heard it all it's pretty crazy bluetooth speaker that um somebody turns on and he's in the bathroom looking at porn and the bluetooth speaker comes on and syncs with his phone and they hear like a sex scene yes and the wife is like, what is going on here? And he's like, I don't know why that would be on there. You know, it might be picking up the neighbor's Bluetooth, or it might be... Right. It's like, okay, well, this is the one you use, and we know this syncs to your phone. It doesn't but, sync to the neighbor. <laughs> yeah, like, for real, that's but actual, yes, what yeah, we
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or something pops up, oh, it must have been one of the kids, or oh, it must have been a pop-up ad. I have no idea how that would be, you know, playing this this video this porn video right now when you know you walk in the room and try to you know google search something you know for your church lesson and all of a sudden this pops i have no idea how that could have possibly have gotten there Mm -hmm. you know just all of these things that yes it's gaslighting it's saying that what you under you know what you see that's clearly reality the bluetooth it's playing the sex thing. And I've heard on this in the bathroom, multiple
0: right? times actually. The Bluetooth is, one? Uh-huh. Really? Yeah. <laughs> and every time Every time he denies the heck out of it and yeah. makes her feel like, Well, I guess I just don't understand what's going on. Right. I'm like, no, right. you did. You did.
1: Yes. Well, there's this huge chunk of history that's gone on the computer. Yeah. What's going on with that? I don't know, I don't delete stuff, I don't know what you're talking about, or, Mm -hmm. well, I had to delete a bunch of stuff, because it was this other thing that's not related to porn, but it was something else that I had to get rid of, right, like, these are all examples of gaslighting.
0: So, talk about examples of intentional, which often is referred to as malicious, because it's, that's... I mean, that's what it is. There's
1: malicious intent.
0: Malicious intent. And here are some common phrases to put this into perspective. Um, and there's like a lot, but here are some common ones. Things like... Again, I think all of, most, if not all of these phrases that we're
1: going to talk about can also fit into the unintentional space, yeah. uh-huh. right? And so, again, the the intent behind it, it am I scared and trying to protect myself or am I trying to actually hurt and destroy someone else right right those are different yep right so so again here's some common phrases that you'll hear with gaslighting
0: so things like you're too sensitive or everything bothers you making it like you just are kind of unique and Mm -hmm. normal people aren't bothered by these things so right away, it puts you at odds with, like, a normal, healthy, functioning person. Yes.
1: Yes. You're too sensitive is huge. And I've, I've seen that with couples. Um, um, I had a couple once where he would say, oh, my gosh, you're just being a princess. Right, or you're prima donna. Prima donna, uh, like you. Re, you're so. You require so much energy and effort, way above and beyond what's yeah, what's yep. normal.
0: Which is the implied. You're yes, not normal.
1: You're not normal, right? But we see that in many other places. I've had people talk to me about how they get that at work. Yeah. You're you're too sensitive. I didn't mean that joke like that, yes. you know. Or even with whether it's emotional abuse or even with uh sexual harassment i didn't mean it like that like wow you are so sensitive
0: and it's it it ties in a lot to another one which is you know you can't take a joke
1: yes i was
0: only kidding what's the big deal yes and sarcasm you see this a lot with Mm -hmm. sarcasm where um and i'm just speaking from experience you know wives will say he's too sarcastic and i i I keep yeah. telling him I don't like the sarcasm. I don't. It doesn't feel good. And he just keeps doing it. Yeah. And his excuse is, well, it's it's not that big a deal. It's just a joke. You are the one who needs to right. just relax. And,
1: <laughs> and there's so many times, so many times when something can be so painful right. that people will just kind of push it off that way. Ugh, yeah. It's just a joke. Oh, my
0: gosh. Yep. Wrong, as if that it. right just makes it all go away but all it's doing is making you the one with the problem mm-hmm. you're the one with the problem it's just a joke like the yes. it's just a joke should mean that it's perfectly fine whatever it was
1: whatever it was that was said however damaging it was it's fine and you're the one with the problem yes i love that that's a very very common one um and another one is i never said that I don't remember saying that. I don't
0: remember saying that. I don't recall that. Mm-hmm. And you know, the tricky part with this one is often it can be true because they're putting this out of their brain, right? Right. <laughs> they don't want it to be a thing. And yes. so it, it's incongruent with who they want to be, who they want to appear to be. And so they, they conveniently can't recall lots uh-huh. of things that they're saying, <laughs> but they're convincing enough that you're hearing this going, oh, well, maybe they never did why do i think they said this yeah huh, i must I be maybe it was somebody else and that's mm-hmm. the manipulation
1: yes yes or the another related one again it's like i never did that i never i, I never, did, never that. did that yep i wasn't ever there at that time i didn't actually you know come in the door late i didn't you know whatever again it's this and often will give people the benefit of the doubt or, you know, say, right. oh, okay, well, I guess I must have misheard that.
0: I mean, it depends a lot on you just being so open and forgiving. And I mean, this is how it begins to work so well is you're not really being direct or firm or assertive about what you think. Right. But rather it's like, huh, well, I guess maybe, maybe, maybe I right. I think I... And which is really sad, right? Yeah. Because that is a beautiful, awesome part of your personality and characteristics that can then be very easily manipulated and twisted to their advantage.
1: Yes. It really is that that how that we talk about, the honest, open, and, and willing that you may be doing as part of a couple expecting that the other person is doing that as well. Like, oh, I, I guess I must have misunderstood or... Mm -hmm. Or, like, you just didn't understand what I was saying. This, you know. And that's not something we want to get rid of. Right. Right? You want to be an honest, open, and willing person. And what you're looking for is the pattern over time. Like, are they willing to understand your perspective? Are they willing to come with you? Oh, uh, maybe I did say that and I didn't really mean to. And I'm sorry that that was hurtful, right? Like, are they being honest, open, and willing in return? Or are you noticing over time that you're the one that's always, oh, I must have been wrong. Oh, I must have right. been wrong, right?
0: And, and the relationship starts creating patterns of you are the one who's always wrong. Mm-hmm. And it becomes, well, he's right, I'm wrong. Or um, he can just talk me into it. He can just convince me. He'll talk long enough and so articulately, so beautifully that I buy into. Okay, yeah, it's me. It's got to be me, it right? It has to. He be makes me. too much sense.
1: It's got to be me, right? Yes, that's a phrase I've heard so many times. Yes, and he's, he makes so much sense. And again. We're using uh, pronouns here that absolutely can be yes. the reverse, right? There's and we many definitely don't senses. want to offend the
0: guys who yes. are being gaslit and yes, going, how come it's sure. always the him?
1: How come? Yes, I, I am always trying to do this. And, and she just always convinces me that I'm wrong, that I'm bad, that I am, you know, there's a very uh, negative space around it. So, yes, it absolutely happens both ways. Again, we're often seeing uh, the men coming in for sexual addiction problems, and uh, you know that's a, a lot of our specialty, and so we're addressing it from that angle. But but please know that this does happen in reverse. Um, so I never said that. I don't remember saying that. You misunderstood me. Um, I never did that. All of those are some of those common phrases.
0: Another common one is just to say, I'm not angry, even though they are. And <laughs> yeah, um, you may say, well, you're you're being angry, you're acting angry, and they deny it. Or they'll give you the silent treatment and stonewall and, and again, make it like it's all you mm-hmm. when they're the ones in the behavior. And so I'm not angry as they're yelling. That's you know, kinda of goes along. Another common one with that is to hear it's all your fault.
1: Right.
0: Which even if they're caught doing something that they shouldn't have, they'll still they may still use that and right. explain why it's actually your fault. So one that we hear a lot, one that I hear a lot, I'm sure Sherry's smiling, maybe she's thinking of the <laughs> same one. We might be this idea of um I'm still struggling looking at porn and masturbating, and it's because yes, it's because we are we're, we're not <laughs> we're not sexual enough. And yes,
1: exactly. It's kind of your
0: fault because you know every time I initiate, mm-hmm. you reject me lots. Now, of course, the context would be something like you know he's wanting sex every single day, right? And so there's going to be times where she doesn't want to. Yeah, and then or
1: he's not working his problem. He's not programming. He's not doing anything. Or or she's she, not listening not for
0: understanding. Not he's not, not connecting emotionally.
1: Yeah, not doing any of that, and lying, and all of that. And so then, the partner doesn't feel safe engaging in sexual behavior. But if she doesn't, but if yes, then, then it's like, oh well, if you had more sex with me, then right. I wouldn't have to resort to these things. Right. Yes, we were exactly thinking, that's so funny. <laughs> we are doing the same thing. I like, and you, you every... going to say it or I'm going to say it?
0: Yeah.
1: Yes, it's all your
0: fault. And, and this is really malicious because this leads into some things like saying you're broken or you're emotionally unstable. Mm-hmm. Um, which is really crossing a line. I mean, all of this is crossing a line, but this is especially hurtful. Because it's just a direct attack on your sanity, your ability,
1: mm-hmm. your
0: maturity.
1: Right. It's taking you again. They're taking you away from being a normal human being. To there's something wrong with you. You're you're dysfunctional. You're ridiculous. That's when I've heard a lot.
0: Wow. Yeah. You're ridiculous. That's a good one.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And, you know, they may even say, well, it's not your fault that you're like this mm-hmm. because, you know, you have this and you have that. And so it almost sounds like it's giving you some like some this, space or leeway. Li- yeah, lei, it's like this but it's,
1: backhanded.
0: It's backhanded. It's like passive aggressive mm-hmm. where it's not your fault that your parents were abusive. And so now you just don't understand and you can't see and you can't. And mm-hmm. so it, it actually is just more manipulation
1: right yeah we see this in um in other spaces too in you know co-parenting spaces too uh where you know i do a lot of work with divorced couples and you know dealing with all of the aftermath and the co-parenting and all of that and there's uh, there's a term called parental alienation right where uh, parents are trying to get the kids to hate the other parent, right? And that's a big no-no. The courts don't like that, right? But what we'll right. see often is this backhanded way of doing it yeah. where it's like, oh, did you have a hard time with that? I know your mom is just kind of that way sometimes. She's always
0: struggled with and, that.
1: Yeah, and I, let just let me, you know, help you manage that or, you know any number of things where it's this backhanded way to try to alienate the other parent. So again, there's all of these different ways of of kind of twisting that and you're broken, you're a mess, you're crazy. Right? I I've, I've seen actual times where the uh the addict or the gaslighter has try to get the spouse committed. Yeah for being emotionally unstable mm-hmm. and telling everyone it's so bad. they just can't seem to keep it together. They'll go around and tell you know other people, that like oh it's so hard can you be supportive of them because they won't let me be supportive of them in this way and they just don't understand that's actually a
0: common one and i've actually had lots of people i know come to me and say similar things right where it's like they're just really struggling it would mean so much if you would reach out and help them and really all it's doing is making them the good guy making the Mm -hmm. spouse the bad guy the, Mm the problem partner Right. It's a very proactive way of turning everybody against the partner in case, you know, this thing goes south.
1: Yes. And and again, that one is very intentionally malicious. Right.
0: Right. Kind of like yeah. Kind of like some others, phrases like this is why nobody likes you mm-hmm. or this is why people don't want to be around you. Right. Which is such a great distraction for them because you're not looking at them or their behavior. All you're thinking about is, oh, what's wrong with me? How can I, I'm going to lose all my friends. What can I do to, right. to try to fix this so that my life doesn't leave puts me alone? the attention alone. On
1: you so that you're, it's completely deflecting attention from what's actually going on.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. You're petty, or you're childish, or you need to grow up.
1: Yes, that's a good one.
0: <laughs> This is a good one. You need to grow up, or grow up. Yeah. You just say grow up. You're, grow you're up. frustrated, and you're upset, and it's grow up. Mm-hmm. Which means, of course, that you just aren't very mature, are you?
1: Mm-hmm. You're just too insecure. Yeah. Of course, I'm not doing anything. Of course, I'm not actually. Yes, I'm texting my you know. Co workers and we're having these conversations, but you're just being insecure about it. Nothing's actually happening.
0: You're just jealous. You're just insecure. Mm -hmm. Everybody was going to go to lunch. It just ended up that it was just me and her. It's not a big deal. It's fine. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You're just being jealous, which, you know, if there was a third party to bounce all this off of and they were sitting here listening, it would be like, that's not weird. To have an right. issue with, like, you're going to lunch with this person alone, or you're going on a business trip and staying in the same hotel, these sorts of things. And so...
1: Mm-hmm. Be- yes. And that's, again, we'll talk about that as we're talking about what you can do yes. and the boundaries and all of that, having those other people. Um you know, another one. If you really loved me, you'd X, which would, which ends up being like believe me, right. do what I want, yep. and be since the person you don't, I wanted you to be.
0: You're you're faking. You're a fraud. You say you you love me, but you don't really. And so prove your love.
1: Mm-hmm. Prove you love
0: me by
1: mm-hmm.
0: believing me by doing these things.
1: Right, right. So there's this concept of turning it around, putting it on the other person, blaming them, uh, or deflecting to a different topic in order to try to distract from the actual issue and then get going on that other topic. So that I've seen happen so many times where we're now, you know, you're in this situation, you're noticing like, oh my goodness, like we're talking about something completely different and we're fighting about something completely different than the actual situation. So another example I see is pushing things to an extreme, like this all or nothing extreme. Mm-hmm. So one person will approach the other and say, you know, hey, I I think maybe we need to go to therapy. And the other partner will say, you think we should just get a divorce. Well, we should. We should just get a divorce. You can go off and do your own thing and be your own person and whatever. And you don't care about me. You don't love me. Or, you know, different things like that. In other words, I'm
0: terrified of going to therapy because I know what's going to happen.
1: Yes. I'm going to get called on some of my Mm -hmm. stuff. I'm going to have to do a lot of hard work. There's a lot of, right. And so pushing an issue to an extreme Mm -hmm. um, where then the other person has to, no, I'm not I'm not saying that I want a divorce. I'm saying I want to work on a relationship. Right. Yes, you are. Right. It's totally <laughs> yep. deflecting from the actual issue. Yep. Right? Or you don't love me anymore. You oh of course I love you. And then it becomes about an argument about whether or not you care about the other person. Right. Right? Yep. Um or or another uh, example I heard about recently was, uh, again, a co-parenting issue where the, the other partner was not bringing the kids back when they're supposed to, consistently not bringing the kids back and uh, on time. And it was like an hour late, two hours late, sometimes that they couldn't even be reached you know, and the other parent is just sitting there not knowing what's going on or if the other person is going to show up, right? So setting an appropriate boundary then and saying, hey, if you continue to do that, um, that it's become a pattern. And so if you continue to do that and moving forward, I will take the compensatory time, that three hours that you were late or that hour that you were late uh, out of your parent time. And I'll carefully document that and let you know, but that will be at my discretion, Right. And of course, the other person gets really mad because now, wait a minute, you're going to encroach on my, you know, my time. And so responded like, I would never agree to that. That's ridiculous. And, you know, I, I would never agree to that, to which this person again responded very well. We'll talk about the types of responses and how you can respond in in our next episode and how to do this in a, in a very clear way where you pulled down right to the issue. But the response back was very clear and concise. Well, I haven't been agreeing to your taking my parent time without asking either. Right? And then there was a deflection. Well... If I was taking, or if you were taking them to this really cool activity like I was taking them to today, then I would be fine with not, you know, with them being late. And so again, as you're working through an appropriate, concise response, which wasn't what this person did, but we worked through that, it would be. It's not about the content of the event. It's about the fact that you are not returning them on time and not communicating with me about it. Right. Right? And then, again, there was another deflection. Well, at least I fed them dinner, not like how you didn't feed them dinner this other time when you had them. Right? And then, again, the appropriate response is to not engage with the deflection but to return to the original issue and address that that it's not about that this is about you not doing what you're required to do which is return them to me at this time this Mm -hmm. is what's legally binding and you are not following it right right so and another way to handle that is I am I am keeping track of these things. I have been keeping track of these things and I will uh, talk to my attorney and go back to court over this issue. Um, you know, bring that up in court, right? There are several different really good ways of setting a boundary and holding a boundary around this specific issue, but you'll notice that is the pattern with all things, right? There are going to be several really good boundaries that you can then set, which is a you know, fabulous lead into what we're going to talk about next time in order to keep yourself safe as the gaslighting is happening and right. bringing it up and addressing it. Um, again, depending on whether or not this person is willing to engage with you in an honest, open, and willing way, um, determine the level of boundary and uh, how you approach it. But... Again, we want to give you some examples, uh, general and specific, about how gaslighting works and what it looks like and how then you can respond.
0: Yeah, not only how you can respond, but maybe how deep into the rabbit hole you've gone. There is a psychoanalyst, Robin Stern, who talks about phases of gaslighting. So we'll get into that a little bit. In terms of
1: the phases of how it affects you as a person that's being consistently gaslit. Yep. And how that, what, what goes on. So it is actually quite damaging again. And it's something that you definitely want to have boundaries. It's the worst part of
0: of betrayal often. Mm -hmm.
1: Um,
0: Yes. So we will go into that more in the next podcast. Thanks for joining us.
1: I'll see you then. Thank you for listening to Two Therapists Talking. We look forward to sharing more conversations with you. Connect with us at twotherapisttalking.com or email podcast at twotherapisttalking.com. If you like what you're hearing, please get on and rate us and subscribe to the podcast.